Met, the show for introverts by introverts. I actually just one introvert. I don't know why I pluralized that. It is me, Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. This is a one-woman show, folks. I do it all, which is why sometimes you might think the sound quality could be better. To that end, uh, if you have the funds to do it or you would like to help me out with this show, you can go on over to my Patreon page. I'll tell you more about it at the end of the show. Uh, But that helps me possibly make the sound quality on this better by hiring someone who knows what they're doing. On today's episode, I talked to Jenna Brando. It was pretty easy to find on Instagram. She's at Jenna Brando. The jury is still out on whether or not I'm supposed to say the at when talking about people's Instagram, so I'm begging you, somebody, please let me know if I'm either A, making a fool of myself, or if I should stop worrying about it because I'm doing the right thing. I need constant validation, (laughs) I guess is what I'm saying. Something that I love about this conversation is not only that Jenna is a hilarious and thoughtful person, but I love that we got to the deep stuff fast. I love it when I meet someone who is ready to go in on that deep, meaningful, sensitive, kind of mushy stuff right away in a genuine way, not in a way that's like they're being weird and I don't know, I can't even think of a good, man, just like cloying, you know, when somebody's doing it, being too nice to you and you're like, are you also trying to steal from me right now? It's hard to tell. That's not what this conversation is. This is a genuine conversation between two people who have never met, but have heard about each other, talking about difficult things like depression and anxiety and OCD and um, mental health awareness, mental health advocacy. And if you know anything about me, you know that those are very important topics to me. And it was such a pleasure to get to talk to to Jenna about these things um, on a very, very personal level right as soon as we met. If there is one thing that I could encourage you to take away from this conversation, it's that being honest pays off. It skips you right over all of that weird small talk stuff and it gets you right to the interesting and life-changing topics of conversation. So I think without any further ado, I'm gonna pass you on over to this conversation between me, Charlotte T. Martin, and Jenna Brando. I can hear you, thank goodness. Okay, thank God. Can you hear me too? Yes. Okay, good. See you. Okay, great. Amazing. Yeah, my for whatever reason, my volume buttons are not working on my computer. So like when I try to turn the volume down, it tries to take a screen grab of my (laughs) whatever's on my screen. So I might have a lot of really fun pictures of us staring like little fish at each other or something. Fun. (laughs) How fun is that? Hi, Jenna. I'm Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Oh, my God. It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Over Google. It's well, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but what can you do? Um, This is the era of COVID. It's crazy to me. Okay, all of the people now that I've talked to. It's weird because I feel like I've met everybody, but it's just because I really love to be on Instagram. And so I am very familiar with your work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I actually am. And I do call it work because I'm sitting under a light, so you can't really see me. Sorry. 
Um, I do call it work because it makes me laugh every single time, which is no small thing. So thanks for doing that. You're covering your mouth. Like I just told you, you won the Academy Award. I mean, you maybe you will someday. That would be really great. <laughs> no, I, really, I that, that's like the highest compliment. Oh my God. It's so I, funny. You have a, you have a style of like comedy and performance that I just am not, I can't, I am not effusive like that. And I really admire it when people can do that, um, to great effect. And you do. So two thumbs way up. Yeah. That's thank you. That's the goal. You know, <laughs> um, so that's the goal. Um, as I'm sitting across from this humongous table from you and by table, I mean the internet, you also have really nice teeth. So congratulations on having really nice teeth. Oh my God. Thank you. This, uh, yeah, I had braces. Me too. How long did you have braces for? Like two and a half years. I didn't think I was going to need braces. Girl, please. I had braces for eight years. Bring oh. it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, it's so much. It was so That's, much. What? years were those third grade to what was what is eight plus three eleven so yeah junior year of high school i got them off the day that volleyball started volleyball practice started uh junior year of high school why was i playing volleyball still unclear but i remember <laughs> ugh, but like running my teeth or my tongue over my teeth even still, I get a real kick out of it because I'm like, wow, there's nothing on my teeth. This is amazing. That's really good. That's I'm glad you like carry that gratitude on because... I do. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Huh? Like, I used to get sores all the time in my mouth from my braces. Yes. Yeah. Did you have to use those little wax things? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I would have... I mean, luckily they came... They came with the appointment at the orthodontist, but I would have paid good money for that stuff because it felt... I've tried every trick in the book. Cigarette paper was one. Did you ever try that? No. Yeah. Just hot tip to any braces wearers out there. If you run out of the little wax things, cigarette paper will will do you just fine until the next visit. Wait, so Charlotte, we're recording right now? Oh, yeah. It's happening. Okay, amazing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now I'm about to turn it on. Okay, turn it on. But also, um, don't feel like you have to. You can relax if you want people to see another side of Jenna Brando. Totally fine. Um, there's my windows open, so I'll shut it. I'm okay. in the suburbs right now. <laughs> sure. So there's like insect noises. Is that better? That is better. Amazing. Maybe it was an insect. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, so you're in the suburbs. Are you, but you live in New York, right? Are you in suburb bound because of COVID? Um, <laughs> I lived in New York and my lease was up and mm -hmm. it was, so I just graduated college. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I, so I, that was like my student housing, like my, my parents. Oh, were sure. With them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've been and, there. You know, the COVID economy is a rough one. Yeah. So after my, um, uh, least like I, so I'm kind of, I'm just about to be homeless. Okay. Um, after my, um, lease was up, didn't really have a place to go, mm -hmm. and my employment hadn't hit yet. But even if it, you know, was like there was no like, just it was. Um, I really had no place to go. Yeah. And um, so 
and I couldn't come back to the, to my parents. Mm -hmm. So my network of, um, English teachers from high school. What? Who I'm really, really close with. They Uh like, well, the one found out, I kind of like told her, oh, after July 31st, like, I don't know exactly where I'm going to live. I'm uh-huh. trying to, she's like, what do you mean? What's happening? I'm like, well, this is what's happening and I have nowhere to go. And she's, so then she reached out to people. Uh-huh. Um, and so now I'm staying at my former freshman year English teacher's house. What? Oh my gosh. I mean, God bless teachers as if they don't do enough. That's amazing. Oh, you are. I feel so happy for you that you have such a tight network of people looking out for you. That's good to hear. Nice. Yeah. They're they're my chosen family. Yeah. 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 It's real. I moved here a month ago. Uh huh. Um, It's my, it's my English teacher, Ted and his husband, Bernard. Uh huh. And Bernard's in France right now because he's French. Sure. They had to, they had to go to a, a funeral oh. and, but then came back and like Ted heard that I needed help. And he was like, Oh my God. Yes, of course. Oh my God. Ted. I have a spare room. She needs help. I'm here. I'm going to do it. Now I'm here with Ted and his dog. Oh, and, what a dream. What a dream. Well, I'm glad that you I have mean, a place to live because I mean, you can. are not the only person that I, that I know that I have talked to or have met. <laughs> um, that is in that situation of like you whether it was because they're right out of school or they were or they're in the middle of school or just living in a place like New York City or living in a place that's just unbelievably difficult to keep your head above water and no matter Mm -hmm. what like in good times and then just like you said the COVID economy is crushingly crushingly heavy um Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy to hear that you have a network holding you up. That's good. And that you asked for help. Yeah. That's no small thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank ooh, you. Yeah. Um, it's so, okay. So Ted and I are actually, this is getting a little meta, but we're actually starting a podcast. <laughs> Get out. Tell me everything right now. So we recorded our first episode and it was all about asking for help. Oh my God. Wait, what's so your show called? reason I'm here asking for help and the whole last reason I'm here uh-huh. is because I had the courage to ask for help and kind of talk about what was going on and yeah. um, and then the courage to take help which was not easy at all I cried all over the Verrazano Bridge driving over <laughs> here I was like and Ted saw me right before I um got onto the under of the bridge he was like yeah I tried to wave to you because he helped me which oh. is insane but is insane to me that he literally would come all the way to my apartment and help me move things uh-huh. first of all um we're like an hour and a half away in new jersey so okay. we're you know within reach but he he came picked up my stuff for me he was like are you sad and i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then i uh, finished packing up my little car and i'm like okay i'll meet, meet you back at your house this uh-huh. is the weirdest thing i've ever done like uh-huh. this is insane um, I'm so, I'm gonna miss Brooklyn so much. This is wacky. I've never lived under someone else's roof in this mm-hmm. way before. Yeah. And, um, so then we were driving and apparently he saw me on the horizontal bridge and that was right before I crumbled. <laughs> Very dramatic. Just burst into tears and you went into, yeah, you're right. You went onto the bridge one person and came off a completely different person, sort of. In my, in the movie version of this oh, move. Person. Yeah. On my face. Oh. Um, 
but and I was so scared. I was I was like, this is the wrong decision. I'm why am I doing this? I'm gonna be such a burden here. It's gonna be so awkward. I am so fucking happy. <laughs> I have never been this this healthy. Well, you're glowing. I mean, I've never met you before, but you just look radiant. So it's too bad this isn't a visual medium because, yeah, you're like smiling and happy. And this is such a weird setup for us to be meeting like this. But you said yes. And here you are. And like, oh, my God. And it I mean, I really mean it when I say good for you for asking for help. And like you said, accepting it, because even in even in situations where I it's not like high stakes. I need help with something. It can be like, I need help doing the laundry today. And I'm a married person. So like, I'm going to ask my wife to do it or something. Even that from time to time, she's going to laugh when she hears that. She'll be like, doesn't seem like you have a problem asking me to do that. But like asking for help when you're feeling burdened by everything is very difficult. Because just what you said, the feeling, then you get that cycle of thought that's like I'm a burden I'm gonna I'm impeding on someone else's whatever when really they offered their help not because they wanted points for being helpful but because it actually feels very good to help people so it's really selfish of Ted to help you out like this is what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) been a diva yeah (laughs) the whole time well, and like, I think, I don't know how long Bernard has been in France, but I, I'm willing to bet that he, that Ted is very glad to have someone around too, because, oof, loneliness is a real thing during this time. I don't know if you've yeah. felt that or seen it happening to other people. Oh my God, yes. Well, luckily I was in quarantine when I was in Brooklyn from, you know, the quarantine in March to um, July or whatever, however long I was there, it was Mm -hmm. me and my roommate, Amelia. Mm -hmm. And um, we we were like in a cube of an apartment, no fire escape or anything, but we had each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would have been extremely lonely. Totally, totally. I have, again, I know of people and friends with people who were and some of them are continue to be living alone in New York City. That's where most of my my people are in their apartments. And I'm just like, I can't believe... I left New York three years ago now. And I was happy to move out to begin with. But then when this all happened, I was like, I can't imagine being there right now. The pressure, the extra pressure is... Whew, must be must be devastating. And I've heard from a lot of people who live there that like it's not the same city that it that anybody left, whether it was three years ago, 10 years ago, or four months ago, it's just like totally different. Did you feel that way? People don't move there to stay in their house. (laughs) Do not. That's a good point. I, I was so, I also though had this internal struggle of like feeling bad because I was so relieved Mm. about COVID, like nowhere else to go in general. I could only live in my apartment which was you know me Mm -hmm. being a student and so that's why I was there Mm -hmm. and um, I really wanted to leave before I wanted to slow the fuck down yes or I was working I was doing two internships yeah I was like um yeah I was working internships and then I was full-time student I was failing some classes Mm -hmm. around the time that COVID happened and I think like I was doing, I was really falling off the school bandwagon and I was about to like quit one job or do something um, because I was like, I'm going too fast and I can't handle mm. this. And I, 
Um, so I like didn't want to leave the house. And then when this all happened, I was like, oh, I finally have an excuse to sit down. <laughs> well, again, I don't think you're the only person that felt that way. And I uh, I don't know where you went, you went to school, but I felt that way in college, too, of like I couldn't. There were times where if I if I thought about it deeply for even one second, I would suddenly realize like, wow, I am moving at the speed of light and or at least for me, it felt like the speed of light. And I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. Um, I would have really appreciated a small break. <laughs> and it was acting school. I mean, anyone who's listened to the show now knows all about that chapter of my life, I feel. And it's only been two and a half episodes. But yeah, that <laughs> felt very intense. What did you go to school for? I studied psychology. I went to Pace. Oh, good Lord. So, yeah, I'm sure your work was even more intense than, like, scene study <laughs> from time to time. Oh, my goodness gracious. <gasps> Where did you go? I went to NYU. I went to Tisch. Okay. Um, so you probably know a lot of people from brunch who I know. You worked for brunch, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I was going to say. So, Philip, that's probably how you met Philip. Yep, or... we were in the same class. Me and Phil, <laughs> we go way back. His new haircut oh looks God. great. There's no haircut that I, doesn't look great on him. It's very frustrating. Ugh. So gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was still that. But. Um, yeah. So you studied psychology. Are you thinking of going to grad school at some time? Do you want to be a therapist? What do you want to do? I So I started studying it because I wanted to become a therapist. I wanted to become a clinical social worker mm -hmm. um now my internships have like led me into more um marketing and social media and copywriting and stuff Ooh. like that uh, and I love writing and I love doing creative stuff like that and I'm not I do not feel exactly ready to do grad school sure <laughs> but that might be something I'm interested in yeah. I'm close to some professors it's it's it's, I want to do grad school, but now I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to do it for um, writing or for yeah. social work. Yeah. Or That's a very like level-headed place to be. I briefly flirted with the idea of going to grad school, actually, for clinical um, psychology, as luck would have it. Oh, yeah. Very, very briefly flirted with that idea during quarantine. But then I was like, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons. And what's nuts is that I i mean, it wasn't a premonition. Anyone could have predicted this. I, the school that's here in my hometown, I'm back in my hometown, Madison, UW-Madison just issued or no, this the county issued a like declaration or something today to the university saying, please send all of your students home because our COVID cases have jumped he, like, really, there's no other explanation except that a bunch of 18-year-olds showed up and didn't bring masks, which is bananas to me, but... Uh, go to parties. Go to bars, go to parties, yeah. Right. Um, so, all that to say, I if I go back to school, I would really like it to be in a time where I can be in a classroom, um, because, I don't know, totally. I, I feel that that might be a better way to learn. Call me crazy. Or don't. I'm sure that that's a... Something like huh? um, psychology. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. It's so based on interpersonal reaction and like, or not reaction, but interaction. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Wait, but so you're a writer. Have you always been a writer or did that come about at some point recently? Um, I don't know because it's so like loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even feel like I have the right to be like, oh, yeah, I write. Like, I can't stop writing, especially now. But it's like, and I do want to write. a. That's it. That's all you have to do. I can't be a writer. (laughs) It's like a little pressure. No, no, no. (laughs) I wrote, I've written some scripts. I've written some, I don't know. I've never believed I was like a good writer or cut out for it. I was always so insecure about it that I think that's the main thing that I'm getting through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I, I like. To, I, yeah, I, okay. I've heard I've heard good reviews about my writing, so now I'm that's it. To leave that's all you need. Okay, let me tell you. Let me give you the short version of a great pep talk that my friend Mora gave me. Um, and Mora's mom is my biggest fan, so I'm just gonna say hello to her really quick on this show. Hi, Mary. Uh, Mora <laughs> told me that you listened to my show, so thanks. Um, but Mora, she, it's really a shame she can never come on this show because I not only have met her, but know her very well. And she knows very, me very well. And I went through this exact same internal crisis that you are having now, which is like, I was a barista at the time. We had, oh, we had just gone to a party together, me and Mora. And I kept introducing myself as Charlotte. And like, I'm a barista, but I like write. And she, or it was so, it's so cute. She's the best friend. Um, she The next day at work, we're like steaming milk at the espresso bar. And she was like, you know, and she's not a critical person at all. So I knew something was happening. She was like, you know, Charlotte, I just get really disappointed every time you introduce yourself as anything other than a writer or an artist or like however you want to identify, but like, you're not a barista, you're a writer. And I was like shocked because someone else was saying it to me and not just me. Um, and then I like journaled, then I journal every day. I can't help myself. Uh, yeah. I, so I journaled like a whole page of just, I am a writer. I am a writer. I'm a writer. And like brought myself to tears because I'm a sap, but that was very helpful for somebody on the outside to be like, you just need to say it. And then that is it. And that is true. And so like my Instagram handle being Charlotte, the writer, the day, the second that I changed it, who slides into my DMS, all caps being like your new Instagram name, but Mora, of course. Cause she was like, that's it. That's all you have to do. You have to just say it. And it's not like you're faking it. Now I'm talking to you. It's not like you're faking it. You're writing. You love writing. You keep writing. And you've gotten good reviews about your writing. What else do you need? <laughs> That's it. Right. You're Jenna the writer. But I I totally get it. Huh? Um, that's how I feel about acting, too, though. And once I started getting paid for acting, uh-huh. I did feel like, oh, I can say, I do have permission to say I'm an actor. And I don't exactly, um, I don't know. You absolutely do. No, well, I mean, you have permission because you got paid, but also because you acted. Like, I went to school for acting. I've never gotten paid to be an actor. (laughs) Sorry, parents. Um, But that's okay. Like, I found other ways to be creative that are more fulfilling to me, namely writing. Um, But don't, don't, you don't need to feel any pressure or imposter syndrome calling yourself a writer 
no matter who you're talking to. And that's coming from Charlotte, the writer. So like, I can't, I can't make you a better permission slip than that. <laughs> yeah, I've been christened. Oh, you've been christened. I, yep. You said um, like who slid into your DM, DMs after you uh, changed your name to Charlotte uh-huh. the writer. I, was, I thought you were going to be like Stephen King. Stephen King. And he was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> Stephen King. Welcome to the <laughs> Imagine if Stephen King slid into everybody's DMs who like anywhere on their bio was, oh, I love that idea that that's how he spends his days now. He's like too bored with writing novel after novel. He's like, you know what I'm going to do is just encourage young people to also be writers. <laughs> oh my God. When I'm famous, I'll do that shit. Perfect. Yeah. So I affirmatively said when. When? Yes, 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 yes. But then I laugh. But then I just laugh. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Laughing is can be very affirming. I'm sure you've watched yeah. Hannah Gadsby's Netflix special. No. Oof. I, I don't like to watch comedians a lot. You don't? I don't. Oh, tell me more. That's very I interesting. Get really, really, really riled up and really, um, I just get too in my head and then it stops me from like doing my thing because I think too much oh, about sure. it. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it, but everyone's like, oh, but then you know this person. I was like, actually, no, I really try to steer clear of them. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I could... really don't like watching. Yeah, don't like watching stand up. I like doing stand up, but I don't do it so often and I think I should study a little more but it just cringes me out (laughs) I get that I totally get that I yeah I can imagine too that it kind of muddies the water of like I can't remember if this joke was my idea or if I am like steal accidentally stealing it from somebody I have two now I have two new questions the first one is when did you start doing stand-up and the second thing is not really a question. It's just, again, I am in awe of your courage because that is fucking hard. Stand-up is not easy. Woo! Yeah, I really um, need to do it more. I mean, obviously now things are different, but mm-hmm. it's still possible to do stand-up. But um, I think the first time I did stand-up, I was 19. And so my thing is that after hard things happen or like difficult things happen it makes me propel myself into do stand-up like um so it was the day after my parents were like we're getting a divorce Uh so I took the train in the next day to the city and like just did five minutes and um sometimes I just do it like on accident I like to not (laughs) have it planned and that's definitely like a not enabling thing, but that's definitely like a crutch of me being like afraid of failure and being like, well, I didn't prepare so much. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I know that that's something I have to <laughs> like change because I know I can do it. It's just like being afraid of failure. But yeah, so I'm 22 now. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to, I really wanted to do stand up bef- as before I turned 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't not do stand up if at, like before I'm a teen or whatever, uh-huh. before I escape teenhood so I did it then and then I did it a few times in college I did it after um I got bed bugs oh no I, yeah that was awful we were like losing our whole house this was last summer and um oh. I went to see I hadn't broken down about the bed bugs yet I was just consoling my two other roommates and this was like the first few days was, was that and then I um met my therapist in Tompkins Square Park 
and um she was like holy shit and I then I broke down and then I called my roommates I was like I don't know what to do I'm breaking down they're like wait you are now oh my god I (laughs) we were the ones doing this now so we have to reverse the role and like console you like it's okay like you've been helping so we're gonna help you now and we went to the bar and then we were like we all need to do some stand-up all of you oh that's even better I tried to make um my roommate Amelia do it but my roommate Taylor did do it and she was amazing oh my god I love that and then um yeah it was just after hard things when I feel like really really like I'm hit a hit a wall Uh uh-huh that helped oh my gosh what an interesting way to and just like a cool and again very brave way to process tough feelings because like you're literally in front of people and you're by yourself oh my god it's so scary going in with a plan is even scary oh god no yeah that's what i tell people though i'm like if my instagram story is popping off and i'm like coming up with new characters out like i'm suffering (laughs) (laughs) let me just tell you right now i'm not okay (laughs) i need your help Oh, no, I feel so bad that I started this with saying you make me laugh all the time. It's like, now I'm just going to message you and be like, okay, I just peed my pants. What's going on with you? (laughs) No, but actually, it's not. I mean, it's a lot of times, though, if I'm really, I I think that's another trope we get into. And this is just my psychology major Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. coming out. But it's really a thing like, um, uh, oh, my God, I lost my train of thought. Like a trope we get into... Mm, that we're gonna if we get better we'll mm-hmm. lose our edge and what makes us us Ooh. creatively what oh i want to know more uh, about that for sure Say i more. have sat in many a therapist's <laughs> office being like well if i go on medication if i oh, get yeah. better with my depression then i'm not gonna be as interesting and funny because mm-hmm. because this happens when i'm really sad or whatever and this happens uh like the reason I'm, I have this texture, this 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 energy to be funny is because I'm trying to get get away from the other stuff and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I realize that is actually not true, and mostly it's uh, it's it's not. I, I don't know. I think a lot of creatives have that issue, and I really I I don't think it's true anymore. Mm-hmm. But I get where it comes from, and I used to think that like, oh, I'm I'm only gonna be funny if I stay depressed or whatever. Yeah, a hundred percent. I completely get that. I mean, I'm not my goal in art or creation is not to make people laugh, but or I mean, not always. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I'm aiming for the joke, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, to have that edge of, I now I know exactly what you're talking about. Of like, I can see the darkness, or like I can see the irony, or. Like, if I'm constantly complaining about something, it's because only I can see what's wrong with the world. And, like, this is my unique perspective. Um, so I I absolutely get that. Another sort of creative myth that I think a lot of creative people fall under the spell of is not only the the, like, psychotropic drug thing of, like, I'll lose my edge, I'll be... I have no idea if I just use that word correctly. I just like the, it's kind of like a nice word. I like it. It's like the pina colada of words. Psychotropic. Mm, I want one. Um, I subscribe. <laughs> I subscribe. Uh, but this other thing of like, if I if I start to make money doing something, I've sold out. 
And if I have a financial plan, then I'm not an artist. I'm just like, I don't know, something else. But something I'm realizing as I get older and more serious about being a self-sustaining artist is like, actually, (laughs) that's just good planning is to take care of your mental health. And like, if you're in a position to have a day job, your day job is not holding you back from your creative pursuits. It's funding your creative pursuits because you don't have to struggle to like pay rent and buy a meal or groceries or whatever. Um, It's very important. And I wish that arts education, but mostly just education, American education, impressed that upon young people at a a much earlier moment in their education of like, don't bank on becoming rich and famous and don't bank on your college degree immediately getting you a job that is a that's a a fable that like boomers have told us that you have to have a college degree to do anything with your life and that once you have it the world is yours like you actually still have to hustle really hard and deal with a global pandemic and (laughs) institutionalized racism and sexism and blah, blah, blah. So watch out not to bring the conversation way down, but like, yeah, that's, I went on, it's real. I, I went on, I went on, I feel like it's a weird phrase, but I have been taking antidepressants for I don't know, almost a year now, maybe. And it was truly the best decision I've ever made for my mental health. Because, like, I can distinctly remember the the day, the morning, that I had a feeling in my stomach where my anxiety feeling manifests most often. And I was like, oh, no, I'm having another one of these feelings. And then it wasn't that. It was just, like, joy. I was feeling excited about something with no razor's edge of anxiety and I was like this I um, I felt very emotional of like I've been missing this feeling because something has been firing differently in my brain but now I can feel everything that was underneath that anxiety and it makes me a more colorful vibrant person like I have way more edges that are interesting than just this one thing of like I'm anxious (laughs) that's how I felt I mean literally I remembered who I am um after well it was for me it was leaving New York and coming back to a safe yeah home mm-hmm. and this and Ted came to my apartment to like talk to me and figure out how long I'd stay here and everything and like just like talk to me about how I felt about everything mm-hmm. and I was so so, so scared mm-hmm. but then we started talking and I felt like dust like my brain was being dusted like I was like oh Jenna you could be this is this is who you are like you don't hate everything like yeah you can be fun you can be joyful and that's Mm -hmm. like every day that's happening I'm like yeah this wasn't it wasn't the the thing the psychotropic thing that you yeah oh uh, say it again <laughs> just because I'm in misery like no it's it's I like being safe like I feel better yeah. when I can feel like I have a soft place to land and um that was a yeah it, you just realize so many more facets of yourself totally yeah because you have the bra- you have the space in your brain in your mind, I think of them as two different things like you have you have the space to go exploring because you know that 
there's like a warm bed and a meal on the table when you come back to yourself, metaphorically speaking. So like, yes, I am a huge advocate of people finding what that is for them, whether it's medication or starting therapy or, as they say, a combination of both. But then, of course, like, can everyone afford to do that? No. So you need like friends and exercise and water. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's so, that's so, again, I'm just so happy to hear, I like, I don't even know you, I just met you, but I'm so happy to hear that that's happening for you, because who, who discovers that in the middle of a pandemic? That's quite an achievement. Great work. (laughs) Thank, thank you. It's, they've definitely, my teachers have always just been my, I think they saved my life. I really do. Like, Mm -hmm. just, they've been always the people I've looked up to, the adults I've looked up to. Mm -hmm. And so I've definitely... I'm close to um, one of my former English teachers also from um, junior year and senior year, Lenore, and she's one person who I've just always been in contact with throughout everything. But mm-hmm. the, the, the I would always operate from a place of scarcity. Like now I can feel my cup filling up. But mm-hmm. even when I first met Philip and Haley, like I, it was just, I was just coming to the terms to terms with the fact that I had nowhere to go. Like I was not able to go home. Mm. I, it was me in my apartment with my roommate and then everyone else could go home and I couldn't. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just was missing this family gap. Mm -hmm. Um, and it hurt so bad and it was all I could ever think about. So I was operating from like, please, 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 someone help me. Like someone take me or not take me in, but like accept me. Right. Everything I'm going to do is just to make you happy. And, that's definitely, I was not the same Jenna as like when I did have um, a place to be that I knew I was welcome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I won't get into that exactly because I'm still kind of processing it. Sure. But it is true that like now I do have a place to be and it's near where I grew up and I have people who care about me. Yeah. It's been a month and it's insane what's happening to my brain. <laughs> for the positive, it seems. So much. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, see, this proves my little hypothesis. Like, no, <laughs> me being all sad and lonely on my own is not going to be the best for my creative endeavors. No. Oh, my God. Not at all. Again, that that mythology. I listened to a podcast called Creative Pep Talk, which is like my favorite favorite thing to listen to ever even if I'm not really listening it's just like now the sound of the guy's voice is very like soothing which is funny if if anyone goes to listen to it you'll be like this is soothing to you it is but he talks about um toxic creative mythology and this there is a that pervasive trope of like the hermit artist who lives alone and like comes out of their cave once every hundred years with the Mona Lisa or whatever instead of like people and comedians especially I hate to say it when are we all going to wake up to like the people who are funniest are the people who are suffering the worst most of the time and like how can we they've given us this gift of in you I would include you in this you have given us this gift of like joy and laughter and these characters and like an escape sort of from tough reality. I think that that the give back hasn't happened yet of like, you gave us this, now how can we help you? Because 
everybody else has swallowed this same bitter pill of like, well, if we get help them get better, they won't be as funny anymore. And it's like, we need yeah. them to be funny because we need that. Which is... So I guess what I'm saying, Jenna, is that this whole episode yeah. is a PSA for everyone listening to reach out to your funniest friend and be like, what do you need? How can I help you? <laughs> no, yeah. And the thing is, and it's great. I have a whole internal. Because, yeah, I was definitely. So I'm I'm young mm-hmm. still. True. <laughs> and I keep reminding myself, like, so I'm 22. My um, prefrontal cortex doesn't seal in until 25, allegedly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, Ted, I'm like, it's so good that I'm unlearning all this bullshit because my prefrontal cortex is still my neuroplasticity is off the fucking charts. Like, I am, I'm ready. Like, I'm basically, I can, I still qualify to be reborn. But then I'm like, even if I was 30 or whatever, I'm not gonna, you know, they say like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I, I believe that. You can still change if you pass freaking 25. I believe that too. (laughs) What they say with with your prefrontal cortex, your brain like seals in at 25. That's not like to discourage anyone who's going to change (laughs) who's past that age. But um, yeah. Oh my God, I lost my train of thought again. Well, I love what you just said just now. I, I still qualify to be reborn is like. That's some Brene Brown shit. Whoa, that's very oh, profound. I, <laughs> I still well, qualify to be reborn. When before, when I was like a teen, I mean, I started get having symptoms of depression and mm-hmm. anxiety disorder and OCD when I was nine. Oh my! And it's true that like it was in response to the natural response to what I was going through uh-huh. and it continued on and it manifested in different ways when I was like, and then I, so I would be in high school and I, I remember telling myself at 12, no one wants to hear if you're sad. So you should be happy and you should make other people happy. And I was like, that's a great mantra. Um, this started going to make sense. Uh, you're amazing. The, you're so funny. And then you'll get to come out about being sad later. And now oh. I'm literally coming out about being sad. And it's the weirdest <laughs> shit that's ever happened to me. And I'm still trying to be funny about it right now. My therapist is going to yell at me. <laughs> oh, no. Let's never. We won't tell her that this happened. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's funny that you say that you're trying to be funny about it. I don't feel like you're trying to be funny about it. I think it's just kind of one of those things that, like, yeah, when you look back at your 12-year-old self thinking that, there's something very relatable to me anyway. I mean, you pick the right audience because... When I was, I must have been 12, maybe younger, when I started feeling um, what I now know was like social anxiety. Why? I don't know. I can't, I can't exactly say why. Um, But it made me very, I must have been about 12, actually, because it was around that time when like you start going to parties that like, which are nothing. They're just hanging out in people's basements. Right. Exactly. Girl boy parties. Um, Mm. Which, what do middle schoolers call that now since they are so with it on the gender binary being some bullshit? Don't know. Anyway, so sure. okay, if some middle schooler could write in, send me an email, let me know. I would really appreciate it. We, we are here to listen to you. We're I'm dying to learn. <laughs> but, like, I really hated those parties because, I, I mean, again, I don't really know why. I just hated it. And I remember distinctly wishing like nay praying 
that I would be invited onto the Oprah show where she would interview me about my specific, unique, unheard of phobia of parties. And this would some <laughs> And this would somehow like absolve me of my sin basically of not liking parties and people would lay off and I wouldn't feel so weird. So I get it. You are speaking to the right person about yeah, if I just endure like I have this plan, I'm 12 years old. Oprah is going to save me. <laughs> Holy shit. So I'm not the only one who had talk show fantasies. Oh my god, um, no. What were yours? I cra- well, okay, wait. Should I say this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you don't have to. There's no pressure. I can even you could tell me and I can cut it out if you want. Okay, so when I was twelve, I was going through OCD treatment. I was actually gonna be on the doctor's show. Oh my gosh! And I was like, um, what the fuck? Like, I always wanted to be on a talk show, but no, I'm not outing myself. I'm like, having fucking OCD right now. Like, what the fuck? This is my dream. But my, Mary, my best friend's mom watches the doctor show. Like, fuck no. But I always wanted to be on, like, Ellen or um, Dr. Oz was, like, my hero when I was And I kept a Dr. Oz notebook in the seventh grade every day after school. I would record like it says the weird. It's like I, it's like I'm a woman named Luann who hit menopause. Like it was that on the couch. I was like, yes, I need these radars for my house, and then I need to drink cherry juice so my cholesterol goes down. <gasps> Twelve years old, thirteen years old, and then my I started crying in class because my seventh grade English teacher again. What a great through line. Um, <laughs> she like. I'm not going to be in class tomorrow. There's going to be a sub. I'm going to the Dr. Oz show. And I stood up and I started crying. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you. And I was like, I'm so fucking jealous of you. So, you handed over your notebook and you were like, can you tell him that I was listening? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I was aware that I was like young and. Um, that that was kind of special that a young person was interested in it. So that that was the, I thought was going to be my my end uh-huh. to getting on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but now I see that we both are thinking the same thing. So <laughs> yes, we were. Well, it's not that I was. I mean, I'm a fan of Oprah's, but I <laughs> who isn't? I guess some people aren't, but I am. And I just thought that she had some kind of weird, like special power of benediction where like if she acknowledged your problem then it was real and like forgivable and I guess I never thought about this before I guess in that fantasy I just assumed (laughs) this is ridiculous that once you've been on the Oprah show she like remains in contact with you so like my friend would be Oprah (laughs) she would check in on me so yeah that's a real real thing and that's why I say I don't think you're trying to be funny when you're talking about this what I guess someone else who has never had a talk show fantasy might think of as like sad I don't think it's sad because I had the same idea of like aha here's what will happen I'll do this for so many years and then like what you're saying I will have earned the right because everybody likes me to talk about something that is difficult to talk about um yeah and you see people do that even now as like 20 somethings 30 somethings of like yeah I wonder how many influencers in the world of Instagram that's their like long game of if I just if I'm just pretty for long enough soon I can talk about 
whatever it is that's plaguing them or you know whatever um yeah wow you have a friend in me with the talk show fantasy (laughs) for sure (laughs) no we were gonna explore this more um, (laughs) off the pop because holy shit i love that a lot um i remember i had one of my friend's little sisters um this was not prompted by me whatsoever except just by me being a goof Mm -hmm. but she wrote in alan to try to get me on the show when i was a freshman or yeah freshman in high school oh my gosh huge fan hi margaret (laughs) (laughs) actually right now and she was like i was like oh my god i have a mini little fan yes put jenna on the alan show i mean we could bring it back if you send me your friend's little sister's contact info, we can just like get together, <laughs> rally the troops, and before you know, although, let me ask you this: Would you still want to be on the Ellen Show? I don't think. Well, I haven't read into everything that's happening, but sure. I've heard some some things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not fully educated to like have a stance because I have not read through that realm of Twitter. That's but okay. my friends have been telling me like, yeah, Ellen's kind of canceled kind of canceled but like i don't know i don't know i don't like i'm the worst with um recent news and stuff oh i fully rely on my brother to text me what's going on and then do you watch the office have watched the office yeah you know when michael scott is having a surplus explained to him and he's like now explain it to me like i'm seven now explain it to me like i'm five (laughs) My brother is, he's in law school. He's like very on it with the current politics of everything. Um, Mm. And he will text the whole family thread and be like, this person just was nominated to some whatever, Supreme Court, whatever. And I'm like, that's great. Now explain that to me like I'm five, (laughs) because I don't know what you just said. Um, I'm also really up to date on the Sony Marvel rivalry because of him. But if I had to, no idea. <laughs> yeah, none, none. If it were up to me and I were on your trivia team and I didn't have a lifeline in my brother, I would be useless. <laughs> Absolutely useless. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. I'm going to tie this way back to the beginning here because I'm curious oh, to know yeah. about your podcast. Can you tell me about it? Yes. Okay. So my podcast, uh, our podcast mm-hmm. is called Ted and Jenna. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the real life Matilda and Miss Honey. How I <gasps> oh my gosh! Oh. I told Ted, "You realize you are Miss Honey. I'm living with you. You taught me." Oh, that's so. every person's dream. On like some I know, kind of I know. everyone. Yeah. Even Ted was like, "You're kind of living my dream." <laughs> um, Matt, he's in Brooklyn right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Um, but yeah, everyone's like, this is also someone said this is the most Jenna Brando thing ever, which, yeah, it's very on brand for me. Try not to internalize that. Who knows what that means? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I just fucking love teachers. Like, I think, yeah. it's, I think this is one of my better coping mechanisms. Is mm-hmm. But yeah, so we talk about things where the real life Matilda and Miss Honey, we talk about um, mental health. Uh, we talk about different, well, our first episode's on asking for help, Mm -hmm. and we talk about little anecdotes from our life, um, but also 
just we're going to have a few guests on who have some expertise in different fields like psychology and mm-hmm. more teachers mm-hmm. um, more interesting people but we just like to share he's 63 I'm 22 mm-hmm. we're weirdly the same so we just share <laughs> our perspective on things um he's one of the most interesting people in I've ever met he's uh-huh. well I learned something new about Ted every day and and then he called me he had the the gall to call me interesting too and I was like shut <laughs> Ted you <laughs> shut your beautiful mouth <laughs> it's so it's crazy too because we are so oddly similar uh-huh. we just like find out a new similarity about ourselves every day and he so I had oh also the shtick is that I did fail almost fail his class when I had him <laughs> even I better I got an first marking period so we talk about that and why I almost failed oh my god does um, he make you retake the entire course you do all the reading know, again <laughs> I just found that out the other day he literally like advocated for me so that I wasn't held back. Oh my god, Ted! Did you literally could have changed the whole trajectory of trajectory of my life. Oh my um, gosh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my god, I love you. Like he was like, yeah, yeah you just asked really smart questions and stuff, so I knew you weren't actually like I just refused to do work. I refused to do it. Sure. I had, was having an existential crisis. Yeah. I literally told him, I was like, yeah, we're all going to die. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to college. That is a tough point to argue if anybody, no matter what age they are, is like, listen, we're all going to die. So what's the point of this? I used, again, to bring it back, when I was a barista, people would ask me, like, does the bran muffin or the lemon poppy seed muffin have more calories? And I was like, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die. Eat whatever muffin you want. And uh, mm-hmm. amazingly, I never got in trouble for saying that to anybody. I made some people <laughs> laugh and other people were very put off. But like, I don't think that was my audience anyway. So I'm not really torn yeah. up about it. Um, OK, your podcast, Ted and Jenna, when is it going to be available for people to listen to? OK, we actually don't have a set date. OK. I recorded <laughs> the intro and like the first episode and I want to have another episode. Sure. Um, t- before we, you know launch Get, yeah yeah launch mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. sometime in october i believe oh my god i can't wait because all of those i mean again you're talking to the right audience because when i was having like i mean now i just think i was 17 years old but at the time it felt like i was having an existential crisis yeah i had a i went to catholic school and so i was confirmed which i don't know what benefits that gets me in the eyes of god but I have them if anybody wants them. Um, But you have to have a sponsor. And my sponsor was my freshman year religion teacher, actually, who was my very, very good friend. And I have the same sort of reverence for teachers of like, I see them as people who teach you things, but also like they're they can be your mentors and confidants and like friends even. So I would call her when I was in distress. Um, And I still even though we don't. I don't think we have talked in a long, long time. I should call her. But we, yeah, I really treasure having that person in my life. And still, like, my <laughs> my high school band director is still one of my best friends. Like, a teacher yep. who was at, she taught at my high school, but actually I've known her for a very long time. Yeah, teachers, man, they do so much for us. And what do we do? Make them buy their own school supplies and risk their lives teaching kids who may or may not have COVID. Not fair. Not right. cool. 
right? Way to way to make someone feel yeah appreciated for literally for, molding your whole ass mind, your so, whole ass mind and trajectory like, of your life. Can we please pay them. Yeah, like, at the very least, can we pay them decently? For God's yeah. sake. Hey, which hey uh, reminds me. Thanks for being part of my letter writing campaign. That's rad. Oh my god. Of course, I. The second I saw that, I was just like, I, I love, I love Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this woman, she, she's got on lock. Oh my god, I'm and, so glad because I put it together in the morning, and I was like, I just, I can't do nothing anymore. And I know that I have this one skill, which is everybody hates to have to write the letter. If I just write it for people, yeah, they're I not going to read them cool. anyway. <laughs> it was No, it was, it was, I, I took some pointers from it. Oh, like, great. With my new, um, yeah, my pros. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, of course. I've, I've been just like, my, my big thing obviously is teachers right now and they're my closest loved ones right now so Mm -hmm. i was really this past month now they are basically remote um i was trying to handle it in my state and like talking to the governor and the senator in my county and everything and that was my whole little duty Mm -hmm. and yeah of course i'm i want to help i it it freaking it makes a difference it really does it really does which is that's like a big secret everyone's trying to keep from the little guys, which is us, which is we actually run the show. If we just got it together and stopped fighting about like TikTok stars, we could get some work done. <laughs> it's so, so easy to shake things up, especially in your local government. Yeah. It is so easy to derail that shit. Like yep. you get just everyone just has to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part. When but I, we can do it. Yeah. And I think that a, f- a fair majority of people are on the same page. So the, the really the only barrier to entry on the shaking, shaking up of things is somebody just has to say it first and be like, this is bullshit or here's a better way or I have this idea. Someone just has to say it. And like, it's true. You might have a terrible idea, but it's unlikely people have terrible ideas. It's probably just not fully baked. But it only gets baked in the big yeah. oven of community. So, like, just say it. <laughs> just, and, like, even just, like, if you have if you have those feelers out there, you have to then make the group chat, the Slack. Right. <laughs> like, it's literally that. It's it's all about that. It's, like, I don't want, I don't know. We, we It's the actionables like that. Like, yep. we're all going together at City Hall at this blah, 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 and we're going to figure it out. and Because mm-hmm. that's how that's how things change it is i think the the problem with being the person that organizes the group chat literally or metaphorically is that then people look to you for the answers and you feel the pressure to have all the answers but like actually i think our leaders yeah i think our leaders of all shapes sizes and platforms should just say no i'm not here to have the answers i'm here for all of us to talk about the answer because right now like we have a president who can't admit he doesn't have the answers and that's the problem i mean dare i say it hot take <laughs> hot take from charlotte today <laughs> one of the many one of the yes, many the crux of the matter <laughs> yep um yeah yeah all right just well it's one gonna be straight up about they are just the group chat organizer <laughs> joe biden for group chat organizer <laughs> 2020 
T-shirts coming to you soon. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap up our, this conversation, which, by the way, I have so enjoyed because a lot of the conversations I've had so far with people have been really fun and, like, um, I learned something and we laugh. But this one, I feel like we had a heart-to-heart and laughed and had fun. But, like, I don't know. I just... I miss having those late night chats, even though it's six o'clock p.m. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. I yeah. wish. I I literally was thinking this like in the middle of probably when you were saying something about the talk show host. I was like, I wish Charlotte and I were in New York at the same time. <laughs> someday we will be, and that will be that. Yeah. And like, someday this will all be over in twenty twenty seven, and uh, we can meet back up then. <laughs> two presidents from now um wow okay but anyway let me wrap up this conversation by asking you my fun question which is if i popped into your instagram discover the magnifying glass thing what would i find there oh my god it's all mental health posts yes like um it's really all of that there is some should i go should i look at it yeah of course Only one person has ever done that. And I just think, why wouldn't you just look? I know your phone's there. My phone's right here. (laughs) It's all, you know, mental health Instagram. But now it's been highly, you know, and you know, those like infographics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in love with them all. Me too. um, There's also a lot of, there's sprinkles of Dance Moms content. (laughs) That was my quarantine thing. And oh, shit, tons of baking. Yeah, so it's, I would say that, summed up it's yeah like there's nine ways to create an emotionally healthy home <laughs> recovering from narcissistic abuse there's like chunks oh, and chunks Lord. of that and then brownies and and dance moms <laughs> Maddie Ziegler yeah so I think <laughs> so okay, there you go that's so Jenna I, that's what Instagram okay. thinks of Jenna <laughs> I'm with you on the infographics the dance mom things I never got into it always feels Everything about it just smacks of John Benet Ramsey to me, which makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> as a true oh God, crime fan. That's gonna be something I'm not gonna stop thinking about. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just ruined you. Your... <laughs> um, I'm surprised he really like hasn't murdered any of them. Well, I will say this: Cheer, the show Cheer, really turned me around on the whole dance, like reality TV show stuff because. Those people are serious athletes and they deserve our respect. I'm sorry I ever made fun of cheerleaders or spoke of them pejoratively because you don't deserve that. You're all champions in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. Ted was a cheerleader. In a surprise to absolutely nobody, Ted was a cheerleader. <laughs> no, like, sincerely, this man has done it all. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I'll tell him that you, your, your mind, you, you, you grew out of your I'm cheerleading. I did. I did. I really grew as a person. Neuroplasticity be damned. I grew. I changed. Um, All right, Jenna, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for saying yes to this very bizarre setup. I had a great time. I can't wait for people to hear this. Great to meet you. Great to talk to you. So good meeting you too, Charlotte. Yes. We'll meet in New York someday for drinks. I have faith. Please. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you again to Jenna for joining me on We've Never Met. 
I say it every week and I mean it every time. It is no small thing to agree to have an hour-long conversation with a total stranger uh, to be recorded for other strangers to listen to. I haven't stopped thinking about what you said for an entire week now. I like it so much that I put it into a little piece of art when you said, I still qualify to be reborn. I can't tell you how many times I have thought that to myself in the last week when I have been having a hard time or a hard day. I still qualify to be reborn is something I hope everybody takes away from our conversation and takes to heart when they're feeling low or feeling stuck. We've Never Met is a show brought to you by me, Charlotte T. Martin, or Charlotte the Writer. It's just me. It's completely and 100% made by me in a closet and at my dining room table. It's my parents' dining room table because I can't afford a dining room table. What are you talking about? So if you would like to financially support this show, not so that I can get a dining room table, but so that I can hire an editor to do the uh, sound quality, to do the sound quality, to make sure the sound quality is really great and easy and fun to listen to, then you can go over to my Instagram page. That's Charlotte the Writer one more time. And my Patreon page is the second quick link that you will find in my bio. You can join any one of those tiers. Some of the fun perks include special monologue episodes that only Patreon backers will get uh, and some other fun Patreon-only merch. If you would like to be a guest on We've Never Met, I would absolutely love nothing more. I love to talk to strangers who reach out to me on the internet for the most part. God, every time I say that it sounds creepy, I really have to find a better way to say what I mean there. But if you would like to be a guest on We've Never Met, I would love nothing more. I really mean it. You can send me an email at charlottetmartin at gmail.com. That's charlotte, like Chelsea Clinton's daughter, Charlotte. T as in Tetrazzini and Martin as in Martin Short. You can also slide into my DMs on Instagram. I'm Charlotte the Writer there, and I live most of my life on the internet on Instagram, so that's where you can find me. Thank you again for listening to We've Never Met, and until we meet again, don't be a stranger. Stranger.